you didn't get out of a sermon, I'm, I'm still going to preach. <laughs> I, I, it might not be as long, but I, I do want to share with you, uh, continue talking about uh, this book of Acts. And, and what we've been seeing so far is, is just, it, it, I keep on thinking about this term explosion, which is really appropriate with uh, what's happening, you know, rockets and, and things like that. Of course, uh, VBS is taking place this week, and I appreciate there's, there's a crew led by a lady who's, who's done a lot of work in preparation for this. So our kids are going to really love and ex- be excited about that. I, I, I was going to just emphasize this. Please be praying for all those adults who are working with our kids. Please be praying for our kids. Uh, this, is, this is a, uh, uh, I, I don't know, it's, it, it's a testing of your physical ability sometimes. And so... Uh, we're just praying that that uh, we're going to enjoy the kids. The kids are going to enjoy us, and and be able to to leave with an impression, especially of of Jesus, uh, of the Scripture, and and the love that that surrounds all those things uh, on our kids. So please be doing that. Uh, but I was I was talking about uh, uh, as we go into Acts one. The, the impression that we get of the beginnings of the church is just this explosion of people coming to know Jesus. In, in the beginning of Acts, a couple times it listed numbers of people who were coming, right? There was, there was like 3,000, then there's 5,000, and then they stopped counting. No longer do you see any numbers of, oh, this is how many people are coming, because it's, it, we know it's gone beyond t- uh, 10,000 people. And that's, that was even prior to them expanding or, I should say, scattering out of Jerusalem because of the recent uh, persecution we've been seeing. And the people went everywhere with that gospel. So we're really in an exciting part seeing uh, what took place last week. It was Philip who, who from Jerusalem went north, even considered down in elevation, went down to Samaria and, and preached to the people of Samaria, and they were receiving Christ. Men and women were being baptized. And then the story today is not groups of people like we've been seeing, you know, groups in the, in the, in the temple in Jerusalem to, to people all over Samaria hearing the word. But now an angel of the Lord comes to Philip and sends him to one person. To one person. So I thought that was the significance of this today. That's why I entitled this sermon one-on-one. It, it, it's that face-to-face opportunity to share Jesus. So listen, uh, let's, let's just dive into this scripture. We're going to read it. Uh, Acts chapter 8, 26 through 39. I, I'm going to just say this. Uh, don't get too stressed if we go from 36 to 38. And then you're sitting there thinking, where's 37. Uh, a lot of the manuscripts, the, the later manuscripts actually have verse 37, but a, a majority of the mis- manuscripts themselves did not have verse 37. So if you have your Bible, it might be a footnote at the bottom of the page, and you could read those words there. It does not change the story or, 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 or anything. So today when I'm reading, we're going to skip over that 37. We're not going to read the footnote anyway. So... Uh, 26 through 39. Let's begin. Verse 26 says, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. And he rose and went. And there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, 
queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. I think it's, it's pretty cool that we have Phil here today and we're going to talk about Philip. Is that, it wasn't planned either. So anyway, uh, let, let me stop here and give just some commentary where, where we've been, kind of setting up this story. Uh, first of all, the angel comes and, and, and tells, the angel of the Lord comes and, and tells Philip to make this trip. Okay, to go and, and, and be on that road between Jerusalem and Gaza. And, and the only thing we know is Philip was in Samaria. And after believe, if he was traveling some, to Samaria, uh, just to give you an idea of how far that is to go make this trip, it wasn't little at all. It wasn't little at all. Uh, for instance, if we left here and went to Abilene, it would be like our trek to, to Jerusalem. It would be about that far, that far of a walk. And, and then beyond that, from, from Jerusalem or, or from Abilene to Salina might be the distance between uh, Jerusalem and, and Gaza. Now, we don't know whether it was close to, to, to Jerusalem that, that uh, Philip had met up with this uh, Ethiopian or whether it was closer to Gaza or somewhere along the way. So you could figure somewhere between Abilene and Salina, Philip caught up with the Ethiopian eunuch. All right, so he had some traveling to do. And, and the first thought comes to my mind, this, this must have been a significant someone. And, and by terms of who he is, uh, it, it's true. When we read the passage, it says he is an Ethiopian, a eunuch. And, and eunuch in that day, there, there was that physical castration that and then they would serve in royal courts. And that's exactly what the scripture says. He, he was an official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. This, this is, definitely we would say, this is an important someone in that royal court. Uh, he, uh, and, and when it says he was in a chariot, uh, I don't believe he's the only one. Uh, someone that official is going to have attendance with him and, and, and possibly some security with him. So he was not alone. We do know that someone was driving the chariot because he commands it to stop. Uh, along the way. Uh, in, in this, think about the significance that God is sending someone that far to go declare the, the gospel of Christ to, uh, to this individual. Uh, we, we need to what, catch this. He's, he's a person from Ethiopia. He's headed home. He's headed home. Matter of fact, I don't want to skip over this too. Another significant part of this is he came, actually came from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship. Now that along with, hey, he's reading in this book of, of Isaiah, uh, at best we could come up with is, is that he is a proselyte to Judaism. He, he is a follower of Yahweh. He, he's a believer. He's reading the scriptures. He's coming to Jerusalem uh, to worship. And, and now he's struggling over this book of Isaiah. Here's something significant uh, that, that people at that time thought about this ancient territory of Cush or Ethiopia. Uh, some entitled it or gave it the, the, the uh, title, um, The End of the Earth. 
this, this territory is the end of the earth. Now, you think back to Acts 1.8 and, and follow Philip. Uh, you're you're going to be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Uh, and so that is just kind of unique that now Philip is being called to go take the gospel to this Ethiopian who is now going home. And it is believed that he is the first one who began to introduce Christ into that territory. We also know that the apostle Matthew did a lot of missionary work in that territory as well, or at least that's what tradition tells us. Uh, so, so it's exciting to watch as that gospel is being spread actually a lot faster than I thought. Uh, it is really being spread and, and, and beginning to go into the world. Let's pick it up from on verse 30 then. Here is the conversation that takes place between Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch. Verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this. Like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice has, was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this about himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began with this scripture. He told him the good news about Jesus. That was his opportunity. He, the door was open. Verse 36. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing, rejoicing. All right, this morning, uh, this is a message for all of us uh, in, the, in what, it, what comes to my mind. And, and, it, and what comes to my mind is that we have a message to deliver to people. We, we have a message that people need to hear. And, and to put it simply, we, people need to hear about Jesus and the salvation that, that God has sent through him. We, we need to hear about Jesus and the salvation that is provided through him. And, and, and people around us need to hear this message. Now, there are some questions I just briefly want to deal with this morning. Because if I were to say to you personally, you might have some questions right away. And, and the one question I think is important to address is this number one. Does God want me to tell others? And, and that ought to be a question you're asking. Am, am I supposed to be involved? You know, are you individually, as a believer in Christ, are you supposed to be involved in telling others? 
Uh, the simple answer is yes, and then we could go on, right? But you know, as preachers, we like to unfold things. So I'm going to unfold some things. Uh, it is yes, and it's, this task isn't left to all the professionals. We think about the apostles. Hey, the apostles were created so they could tell this gospel message. They spent all this time with Jesus. But, but even as Jesus gave this commission to the apostles, there's no way they were going to accomplish this commission. The commission is laid out like this, Matthew 28, 18 to 19. Jesus came to, and said to them, these apostles, he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. How are they going to accomplish that to, to, to all the earth? Well, they aren't. The apostles are that foundation, and, and, and upon that foundation, others are being built who come to believe in Jesus. And guess what? Those who are coming to know Jesus have that privilege also to continue to carry on that message. That's you and I, right? It, it continues to be built. It continues to be encouraged that, that all of us are involved of sharing this gospel message with those around us. So we are responsible. Uh, there's, there's one other place in Scripture that, that I find that, that directs it and just says, hey, you're involved in this. It really comes in that, that suit of armor that, that Paul talks about at the end of Ephesians. Here's this book of Ephesians that goes through that salvation. You know, once you were dead in your transgressions, your sinfulness, but now you're alive uh, in Christ and then the, the, the center part of Ephesians, he begins to talk about this is how you now live because he's given you this salvation. And the great conclusion is this suit of armor. And, and perhaps you're familiar with it. And, and the first one he talks about is, is wearing that belt of truth. Put on that belt of truth. And, and put on that breastplate of righteousness. In verse 15, it says, then put on those shoes. Shoes are important. It says, and, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Uh, the belt of truth and breastplate of righteousness is always a little easier to understand. But then putting on these shoes, uh, that is such an important part of, of any outfit you're wearing. You could put on a nice suit and look good for the day, but without shoes, you just look ridiculous, right? You look unprepared. Um, and today I'm so thankful that everybody coming in is wearing shoes that uh, we appreciate that. Well, let me just on behalf of the leadership, appreciate the fact that you're all wearing some kind of footwear. That's good. Uh, when it comes to your shoes, that really is, we, it's going to sound silly, but there's a couple of things that I think is important about this. It is foundational it is, it is what you stand upon. And, and throughout the, this armor that's being put on, it is it is things that is protective of the things that Satan's throwing at you. And, and, and let's face it, there are difficulties in this world that comes directly from him. And so we need to be suited up is what Paul is saying. But this has a, and, and so part of that, there is a foundation that we stand upon. And you know what? The strength in us is that gospel living in us and working in us. He lives. And guess what? That's promises to me. And that gives me confidence in the day. That helps me to stand. But it also has this sense of advancing that gospel, of, of moving forward, of, of becoming not just defense, but offense. And it's moving forward with the gospel. It, it, it really is showing them, 
hey, listen, we have a responsibility to bear within us and to carry to others that message of Jesus Christ. And Paul lays it in there, and, and it's important for us. God has someone for you to share the gospel with. God has someone in mind for, or in your world, whether it's in the workplace or in home or, or in your neighborhood. God has someone, some people in mind for you to be sharing the gospel with. Another question, that ties in with this, this next question. Another question I think is so important is how will God direct me? Uh, we, we look at Philip, God directed Philip. Now get up and go to this road. And even, even when he got there, go over to this chariot. Step by step, you know, absolute instructions. He could not have missed the guy he was supposed to talk to. Man, what an advantage. What a super advantage. Would you just love that advantage? Here he is. He just needs you to answer a question. That would be wonderful. But we don't have that. And, and, and with it, I want to say or do we? Or, or do we have that? Does God want to be more involved in our sharing the gospel? Does God want to be involved in our sharing the gospel? I have to say, absolutely. I mean, when I see a passage of scripture that says, these things aren't going to happen, he is being patient because why? He wants everybody to come to repentance. And in order for people to come to repentance, guess what? They need to hear the message. He wants us, and th this isn't on Sunday morning. This is not it. This is not sharing the gospel. We're, we're together as believers in Christ. This is for our encouragement, our strength. This is up to, to come together to praise God, but this is not us evangelizing. This is not us evangelizing. We do that during the week, and since we're all involved in it, we're sending out, we're going. Uh, that, that's our responsibility. Uh, so, so how do we do that? How do we do that? The, the question is, uh, first of all, are you praying about that? Is, is, is reaching others a part of your prayer life? And what would that look like? Well, one thing that I, I think is number one in, in praying about me reaching others is, God, give me the faith. Give me the faith. Anyone who is bold to share their faith has a working faith within them. I, I mean, they are very much involved in the, the, the faith of, of believing in Jesus and believing, actually, that it is absolutely God is going to do the transforming and changing because that's his work. It's not your work to change anybody, right? Your work is to do what? Tell people about Jesus. Tell, be, tell people about that uh, salvation that is available through Jesus Christ. Help, help them know who he is. That's our responsibility. So, so it is to pray for faith. And then I think we ought to be actively praying for individuals that are around us already. You know, uh, Philip in our, in our previous story went to Samaria. I, man, he, had, uh, he, just, he just declared it to everybody. I, maybe our Samaria is our neighborhood. There, there's, there's a a lot of people are around us, uh, and, and who knows Jesus and who doesn't? I, I got brothers and sisters in Christ who live in my neighborhood, and there, there are those I know who don't go to church. There are those I know who don't go to church who need to know Jesus. There's our mission field. There's, there's that opportunity. How, how do I look for a door? You know, so it's praying, God, help me to, to find a way to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. 
But then what about those individuals? How, how do we pray about, uh, you know, God, who are you leading me to? Who do you want me to talk to? Uh, would, you, would you pray that? Would you pray, God, are you leading me to talk to someone at work or someone I'm going to meet today? God, open the door for me to go. And I've prayed, you know, that's, that's been a part of my prayer. And I think one of, one of the difficulties is me listening. But one of the hindrances I have is me listening. Earlier this week, I have, to, I have to share this. Earlier this week, I had to tell my wife, Linda, this is going to be a week of silence. Early in the morning, you know, I come over and have my own prayer time and, and things going on. And, and I had the phone in my hand, and I just got this sick feeling about this device who has sucked so much of my time every week. Everybody get a report says, hey, your FaceTime is up this week. Woohoo! And so I, I got a sick feeling on Monday morning, and I set that aside. I said, God, this is just going to be a, a, a week of silence. And, and the reason why is because I began to think of when is it that God has the time to really catch my attention? Uh, I, everything from that, that device, I, I couldn't put it away because of phone, phone calls and text messaging. Yay. Uh, things like that. I had to have it for that reason. But, but man, I set it aside the rest of the time. Uh, also, when I'm in the vehicle, the radio was off. You know, I drive in places. It was just silent in the vehicle. Uh, no TV, nothing. It was, it was great. And it was just going to be a one-week thing. It's going to be, it's, I'm going to do it into two weeks this week. But it was just an opportunity. How do we know when God is really trying to get our attention? You know, what, what happened this last week? Man, my thoughts were going in every direction. And, and I was thinking of, man, I was thinking about this message. I was thinking about uh, the funeral we went to on Friday. I was thinking about individuals that we met up with and and it opened the door for me praying for some individuals that I haven't thought about for a while and and so and I do think that if I had my ear tuned into that that I had to have that distraction I had that noise that maybe I wouldn't be able to listen as well so it's just an encouragement perhaps you might feel the same way man to get in control of that device or the technology around you because ultimately we want to hear what God has to say or where he is directing us. And I do believe that God has people around us that he wants us to talk to. That we have a message. Everyone has a message that they need to hear if they don't know Jesus. Finally, the, the final part of this is how will I know what to say? That's really the question I always have uh, from so many people. How will I know what to say? Everybody's coming from different directions, right? I mean, when, when Philip came upon this Ethiopian eunuch, I mean, he's already a believer in God. Some of the people we need to talk to already have this belief in God, but do they know Jesus? And do they have that relationship with God? Could they call themselves children of God? And, and maybe they do, but they don't know Jesus. That's not possible. You know, think about this, that here, here's this Ethiopian eunuch, he's looking at this scripture. And, and to think about this, when, when he came up, he's talking about the suffering servant in that Isaiah 53. That's that passage of scripture. Now, at that time, no one would, would guess that the Messiah that's talked about in the Old Testament was going to be, uh, was going to be the suffering servant out of Isaiah 53. 
They didn't put that together. There's David whose throne was going to be established forever. Uh, that, was, that was going to be the Messiah. He was going to come as a king and man, he's going to change everything. But then Isaiah 53, the suffering servant, a lot of them, I think everyone had that question, well, who's the suffering servant? But Jesus came. When Jesus came, he made it clear who that suffering servant is. Mark 10, one of the instances would be Mark 10, 45. It says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Philip had the answers. What did, what did he say then? And then he went into telling him about Jesus and put the two together. Hey, he is seated upon that eternal throne. This is how it happened. He died, yes. He died because that was absolutely necessary. He came to do that, and now he ascended into heaven. Uh, we have witnesses of that, and now he's seated at the right hand of God. An eternal throne. And, and, and so... so Philip had that opportunity to talk to the Ethiopian and, and more things. And probably along there, he, he talked to him about, or maybe he had asked him, well, what do I need to do? And it was that repentance. You need to repent of your sinfulness and, and be baptized. And so they're traveling along. Hey, there's water. Let's do this. And so he's baptized. Philip had that great opportunity. But what about us? Uh, finding people with questions is not difficult. It requires conversation. It requires, requires some conversation. And, and there are people with questions that they don't have answers for. Questions like, why is there so much pain in this world? Now, if God is a loving God, why is there so much pain and suffering? We have the answer to that. We have the answer to that. In Scripture, we know it's because of sinfulness. It's not what God created for us. So many religions, which one? There's so many religions out there. How do we know which one? And then, then go into Scripture and saying, hey, Jesus is the only way. It is a bold statement. And it's, it's also difficult to have conversations about other religions when it says that, hey, Jesus is the only way. And in some instances, we might not be talking to someone. They're going to say, hey, here's water. Let's do this. But what you could leave with them is, hey, I would, I would love for you to read the book of Mark. Or the book of Luke. Read one of the Gospels. Encourage them to read the Gospel. You need, hey, you need to see Jesus for yourself. And you could read it for yourself. I, I, hey, hey, pick it up. Here's a Bible. Hey, uh, let me, this gives me a great opportunity. The blue Bibles, they're in the pews. The, you could take those. It is not stealing. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll say thank you as you leave if you've got a Bible in your hand. Now, I've never said this. You might have a Bible, but you know someone who doesn't. Take a Bible and go give them that Bible, okay? If you don't have time to go and, and buy one or order one, uh, take, take one. If you, and if you know someone who needs a Bible, take one uh, with you. We're, we're doing that on purpose. We want his word uh, just to be, to be out there. Uh, another question is, you know, or, or, or might come from us. When we're talking about, you know, uh, is God going to receive you? Well, Someone might say, well, I'm basically a good person. Surely God's going to receive me into heaven. And there's an answer for that. There's, without Jesus, without Jesus, there's also that sense of everyone has sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one is good enough. No one is good enough. By their own, by their own works, by their own deeds. We're all sinful. And we need Jesus 
period. We just need Jesus. Now, giving the answer, uh, it, it is not for us to attack anybody. It, it, we are not people of violence. We're not going to cram the gospel down someone's throat. Please understand that's not who we are. We want to bring people into conversation and have and seek to answer questions. And if someone becomes angry because you are, uh, you are trying to tell them about Jesus, I, the question I would turn to is this. I said, what makes you so angry? Can I just ask that? And then walk away, back it away. You know, maybe there's that opportunity to, to have an understanding why, what hurt has been caused in their life uh, to run the other direction. And there's also a devil that's working against this anyway. Um, know your story. At the very beginning, we all have a story. If you're in Jesus, you know your story, how you received Christ. For what reasons? The sin that you repented of, the, the, the absolute knowledge that now because of Christ that I belong to God and eternity is mine, it's promised to me, that's your story. And, and how you came to know that and learn that, that's where you at least have that. They might ask you a question you don't know. That's okay. In it, that's okay. Go find the answer. Say, man, I'd love to, uh, I, I think I know the answer, but I, I want to be sure of it. I'll get back with you. That's okay to do that. That's okay to do that. And, and then absolutely this, to use your days in growing in his word, to come to know it, to memorize it, to have those verses that, that said, you know, that, that I could say to someone, say, hey, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one could come to the Father except by me. He said that, and that's a bold statement. To know his word, we have that opportunity. Uh, 1 Peter 3.15 said, Peter said, be ready to give an answer for what you believe. That's for all of us. Know why you believe. All of us should be able to say, this is why I believe in Jesus. This is why I celebrate him on Sunday. This is why I'm confident for our future. No matter what that looks like in this world, the ugliness of this world, my future is in him. Yay. Right? That's who we are. We do have a message that people around us need to hear. We have a message that people need to hear. It is that message of salvation through Jesus Christ. Gospel message. God wants you to tell. God wants you to tell uh, that message to someone around you, to those around you. You are uh, the one best to deliver that message. God wants to lead you. He wants to give you direction. That means, again, I do believe that means prayer, and that means giving God your attention. To think about it, to prepare, even to say in the morning, God, if I run into somebody today, I pray, Lord, that that faith is working in me and that boldness to just maybe simply ask that question. Uh, do, you, do you know who Jesus is? It might be that. And then we need to prepare. Rehearse your story. Rehearse your story and con continue to grow in the scriptures. Continue to grow in knowing Jesus. Uh, you know, put your effort into that in order to tell others about Jesus Christ. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for this day. Oh God, we praise you for uh, the gospel message that we have that's within us, that's working. 
Lord, it's, it's because of Jesus we know righteousness. And Lord, that's our pursuit in this life, uh, to, to, to live and pursue that righteousness, that holiness. Uh, but Father, there's so much more for us uh, to be a part of your kingdom. Uh, to see it continually to be built. We do pray, Father, that your kingdom come, that your will will be done. And Lord, to, every time we pray that, it, it calls us to be involved in that. The building of your kingdom is the spreading of that gospel message. Lord, there are people around us who do not know that are destined for hell. And they need to hear that message. There's people in our families, Lord, I pray for them. Whether well, people in the workplace, Lord, that we're close to, that we, we love, that they need to hear that message. There's people in our neighborhoods, Father, that, that uh, need to hear. I pray, Father, that, that we are a people of your message. Not just in knowing it, not just in cherishing what's in your word, but, Father, helping people, leading people to your word, to your Savior, Jesus. God, we praise you for this morning. It's in Jesus' name, amen.